1: have reached History and Technicolor with me, David Crowther, and... Me, Wolf O'Neill. Wolf, it's your week this week. and It's you're my week! It's your week at last, yeah. So, take it away. Okay. What are you going to do? You I've do selected...
0: Film. Yes? I've selected to do a film. Uh, it's called Excuse The Lost City of Zed. It was released in 2017. It's an adventure movie based on the explorations of Percy
1: Fawcett. So hang on, can I just interrupt you just, there, yes. just for a moment? That means... It's very recent. We're going to have to worry about plot spoilers. No, but the reason we don't worry about plot spoilers in this is
0: because it's based on a mystery that people have been trawling over for, you know, 100 right. years. So I, I think we can get away with it. I we also should. think that if you read the synopsis of the movie, it tells you quite early on what's going right. to happen. Okay. I could be wrong, Fair enough. I feel like okay. you know the outcome and you're just kind of moving towards Fine. it.
1: Spoil the plot. Spo- just spoil it for a bit. It's okay. Fun. That's fine. I mean, yeah,
0: that's good. So, Percy Fawcett was a colonel in the Royal Artillery and a member of the Royal Geographical Society. And he was specifically obsessed over finding the ancient city known as Zed hidden deep within the Amazon. It is also based on a 2009 book written by the journalist David Gran. Why did you select it, Wolf? Oh, thank you for asking, David. (laughs) Um, I've chosen this film because it's not a war movie. Yay. Mostly. (laughs) <laughs> mm. I, when the when the war happened in the middle, I was like, ah oh, oh, no, damn. can't get away from it. Yeah. It's mainly that it's a new topic that we've not covered. It's a film that I missed seeing at the cinema when it was released. It, I remember it having pretty decent reviews, and most importantly, it deals with a totally unexplained mystery, mm. which I thought would be intriguing to talk right. about. Very good. I'm intrigued. Uh, so, spoiler alert, obviously, mm. as you've already obviously, said. Yeah, Dance, in, the mystery uh... in 1925. A number of months into his latest exploration in Brazil, accompanied only by his son, Jack, and Jack's friend, Raleigh. The trio vanished forever, and no trace of their fate has ever been found or proven. A number of false relics have been reported. And it is still considered to this day to be one of, uh, quotes the greatest exploration
1: mysteries of the 20th century. Is it the sort of thing that Toy Wilcox would have sung about? I don't know. It's a mystery. No? Don't I song? Keep going.
0: Essentially, I thought, how is this movie not going to be exciting to explore? Right. The the Royal Geographical Society? Setting off into the jungle?
1: Milo Thatch.
0: Yeah. Not Milo Thatch. It's got all the adventure that we would want. Indeed. And there's mystery, so let's go with it. Uh, The film is directed by James Gray and stars Charlie Hunnam, Sienna Miller and Robert Pattinson. Not the most exciting cast, I'll admit. It has a lot of similarities to Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness and Thus Apocalypse Now. Right. And it kind of led me down to looking at of Wrath of God as well, as I looked into that a little bit. Blimey. Yes. <laughs> so, Percy Fawcett was the son of a British aristocrat and a fellow of the RGS, uh, which was founded in 1830, hmm. by the way. Did not know that. He grew up at the height of the British Empire and served in Ceylon, which is Sri Lanka, as an officer in the Royal Artillery in 1886, he married his wife Nina in 1901, and in 1906 he was approached by the RGS to go to Brazil and carry out mapping of the jungle near the Bolivian border to help the two countries negotiate a trading dispute over minerals, gold, rubber. This was where his taste for exploration developed, and after this journey he would return over and over again. Just to give a little bit of background. So let's talk about the film. Let's do David, it. neither yes. of us we'll- has said a word about this movie to each no. other before no. or, or now. So what I would like to start by doing is asking you what you thought about
1: it. Do you want to move on to the next bit? <coughs> no. Uh <laughs> sounds like you hated it. <laughs> no. Um, I must admit, it took me a while to get on with. I won't yep. go into the details, we'll talk about it later, but it took me a while. I kind of thought, right, I'm watching a very... Hmm. Not out of date, exactly. Well, you know, this is the sort of film I might have watched 20, 30 years ago, and now the world has changed a bit. I'm a bit surprised to be watching it. And I found it a bit procedural. Um yes. And therefore, I wasn't jumping for joy. It's interesting
0: you say that because I saw a review which suggested it was like a film made in the 70s.
1: Hmm. This was a positive that it was... How 70s, very interesting, yes. But that you would you would think yes, of. Is that like... Planet of the Apes. Did you see that film, Planet of the Apes, with the original one with Charlton Heston, Hartman Tristan? Great movie. It's a great movie, but it's very procedural. There's loads of minutes where they're just walking through the desert, and you think, mm, can you skip this bit? No, no, could you really skip
0: this bit now? Do you know what I mean? I think we'll go into this. I think the, one of the problems with the movie is the structure of it, mm. and I think that's because it's tied down by history to some extent. Right. It doesn't happen in the film, but he has way more uh travels to Brazil right. that happened in the film. Yeah. But if you if you kept going, if you went yes. backward and forward like fifteen back, times um,
1: yes. mm-hmm. we'd be even yes. more be bored. bored. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I actually think that I right. I can't understand how they would have done it any
1: other way yes. than but, the way that it is done. But it's worth saying that by the end um I had it was good enough for me to have engaged emotionally in it and you know, I was sorry at the end. So I thought it was fine. Basically. Okay, so I'm going to talk through some points and then bring up
0: your opinions on them as they come up. What was it about?
1: (sighs) Got the question in first again.
0: What was it about? What's it about? I think... what's it really about? The thing that interests me most about this is 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 the discussion about imperialism and an analysis of the explorer hero and kind of a reconsidering of our past in general. And how we set off into the world and, air quotes, discovered it for the first time, mm. even though people had already lived there. Yeah. And how we were kind of imprinting on the globe. That's interesting,
1: actually, yeah. Because I would have thought that that theme is there, but I wouldn't have thought the film was about that, actually. It's probably more about obsession, but mm. I don't really feel
0: like it goes... Every film's in, about obsession anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really feel like it goes into that as much as it yeah. could. He's fairly stable for someone who's also Mm. obsessed, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I thought that um, acting-wise... There's going to be a mix of positives and negatives as I move through this. I wanted to start with positives, but sometimes you can't. I thought that Charlie Hunnam was a bit boring. He was so wooden. Very reserved, and his voice
1: was quite grating. Really annoying. He always tried to go for this sort of ethereal. So, son, you know, I will... I, I yes. just made me want to, I don't know, rip my arm off. And it actually was so good, so bad. Well, it wasn't that bad, actually. I'm exaggerating. It was acting was just a little bit characterless. But it made Robert Pattinson look like an acting genius. Well, I was about to say, Robert Pattinson's more than <laughs> really fine. Good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's He's quite likeable and surprisingly engaging hmm. in the movie. And he that- actually managed to transmit some uh, human emotions, which... Poor old Charlie Hunnam doesn't really manage to do. And obviously I don't think Charlie Hunnam's a particularly good actor as it is. No shame
0: it's on him. On this, you know. But I do wonder if actually his portrayal is more interesting when you think about how they we're choosing to depict this hero. Considering that, uh, it's not really a spoiler, but he influenced Arthur Conan Doyle in the writing of the Lost World, and is supposedly an influence on Indiana Jones. Yeah, and features as a sub character in one of the young Indiana Jones stories, young Indy meets right. him. Hmm. That if you have an inspiration for Indiana Jones, but he's completely has no charisma. Yeah, that that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's at least saying something about the explorers, and I'm I do kind of appreciate that he's not. He doesn't come across like flash art. No, he doesn't. It's
1: almost as though. They've accepted the conventions of speech of the time, you know, the quite formal style, as an expression that this is what people were actually like. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They haven't looked below the surface and said so they were just normal people, you know, who eat, sleep, excrete and procreate, you know, whatever. OK, well, uh, continuing
0: on. I thought that Sienna Miller was <coughs> fine, but she isn't really given much to do. And even when she is given stuff to do it feels a little bit forced mm-hmm. I thought Ian McDermott as the l- lead of the RGS is perfect when the emperor appears and he gives you the secret mission to go to Brazil and he talks yes. about impending war um, yes I'm in yeah that's very good yeah. for me his casting is telling me something already about how, they, how we're meant to perceive the mm-hmm. RGS as a society there's a slightly sinister yeah. angle to them. You can't have the man who destroyed all of the Jedi be in charge of the RGS,
1: <laughs> and we're meant to be like, this is a good cause. Does that mean that Amy Devon's career is forever ruined now by the fact ruined, he destroyed the Jedi?
0: He actually does a really good reading of T.S. Eliot's The Hollow Men, which oh. I would recommend. Oh, interesting. But for me, again, this is going to sound like I'm... Dissing the film, but it's not. I'm just going through the beginning mm-hmm. parts. The script doesn't do anything particularly special for me. Uh, it feels fairly standard mm. uh, as a like a biopic, especially the scenes in England. Mm. They, like you say, quite procedural. Yeah. Um, they're there for a purpose,
1: but they aren't particularly exciting. Yeah, you can see them trying to explain. So the hunt at the beginning is all there to tell you about the fact that he feels shamed about the fact that his father was a failure and a drunk and uh, give him a social slur. And you could have done that much easier and more quickly, out of thought.
0: A lot of things are a little bit on the nose. Yeah. And sometimes take too long to develop. Yeah. We really are dissing this movie so far, aren't we? But I think that the movie is at its absolute best Mm -hmm. when we go exploring. Right. So all the footage in The Jungle is when the film is most interesting. Mm. So the moment the first exploration begins and whenever we're on an exploration, that's when I think it's actually quite enjoyable and interesting. And that's probably... When you're in England, I feel like everything's being said very consciously. That's a chance for us to... For the themes of the movie to be read aloud for loads of people to hear. And that's where you get all the the kind of counterpoints of view. So he's there to get a kind of antagonistic towards everyone else. And thus we learn his character. But I think where you really learn the most about him is when he there aren't many other people around and he's in the jungle and we have to kind of see how yeah. that goes. So I think that's the most interesting part. That's where the film works the best. I think that the landscapes, the cinematography are incredible. The sense of danger is there. The lure of mystery and intrigue, it, it's genuine. And you can't help but be kind of pulled in and you want to search. You want to find out more. Like It, it makes you want to... Go back on another exploration. Yeah. Like Percy does. Uh the costumes are great, the production design is really, really good.
1: The World War One footage is quite impressive. Yes, the World War I. there was one bit at the beginning it started off and I thought, oh come on, you're just doing a blackadder thing here in the sense of, you know, just bigging it up to the max because there are t- dead bodies lying around the trench and you think yes. they'd tie them up. But then after once that piece of idiocy is done, then actually it's really good. And you get a really good impression and it and actually To the point that I will talk about next time with the boat thing. That's boot. Yes. Um, In that, they show you quite clearly the interplay between officers and men, that they're all being one group. You know, there's none of that old blackadder rubbish of, you know, you get these posh people and you get the donkeys get used. Anyway. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, David. Yeah. It'll make more sense. I
0: understand your point. So what you're saying is that everybody's interacting together, and yeah, it
1: feels much more realistic. Unified
0: army. Yeah, I, I thought that scene. It surprised me that the scene looked so good, and they were so committed to doing it Mm. when it falls randomly in the middle of the movie. It doesn't feel like an afterthought when you're watching it, which can sometimes happen when a war happens in the in the middle of
1: another yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, they, yes, they manage to avoid the fact that, oh, we have to tell the thing that he fought in the war. Okay, let's get that out of the way as quick as possible. And you know, they don't do it like that, and they do it with some
0: commitment. Yeah, and they commit to it, and it's quite exciting. And yeah. generally, what I find with the film is, if it feels a little bit boring, it's odd, because there's so much exciting stuff that mm. is happening. Yeah. And there are times, the scene as we get towards the end, I think the excitement really kind of ramps up. Yeah. But there are times when it's really quite uh, entertaining and engaging. Yeah. It just doesn't carry all the way through the film. All the, the way
1: film. through. Maybe it's a bit like the same problem as Mary, Queen of Scots. It's just too much plot, too much stuff happening. You know, if you have to explain it all, you kind of, you've got a problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's possible. And like I say, I think it the, the narrative where it has to keep moving from England to the Amazon, yeah. England to the Amazon, then to France, then to England, yeah. then to the Amazon... It, it's a little bit too much, yeah. and it's got over a really long time period as well, because yeah. it covers like thirty years. Yeah, I don't know if I always get the 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 passage of time. Yeah. just every now and then they'll have old makeup on, hmm. and or suddenly the the, the, old makeup the suddenly the little boy anymore. has moved yes. from being like six to like yeah. fourteen, and you're like, oh, okay, quite a lot of time
1: has passed. Yeah. So, how did you feel about the ending? I was gripped by the end. By the end, I was engaged in the movie and committed to it. And so I'm trying to remember. The ending is the, the scene with her, the wife. and I, w- I would include, so for me, I would include this kind of two endings for me. Oh,
0: the bit where... There's the ending of his exploration. Yeah. And then there's like the coda back in England. Back in London,
1: yeah. Um, I thought it was very good because it... Actually, no, I thought it was great. You, you didn't quite know what had happened... Uh, many possibilities were open, and of course... Good. That's probably what they wanted, because of course back home, many possibilities were were wanted, you know, were, were open, and then nobody knew what had happened. So actually I thought it worked quite well. And just out of interest, did
0: you decide if they lived or died?
1: They died. They died, yes.
0: But do you think that the film... Do you think that the film offers up one definitive answer? No, I think they,
1: they leave enough wriggle room that you could say that they, you know... So this, what's the, the most terrible movie ever written? The, wor- the worst ever ending for a movie is that one. Is it called Heat and Dust or something like that? What? There's a movie. It's also an exploration movie. He goes out to the Amazon and he's trapped in, a, in a, an old explorer's hut in the middle of nowhere... And this guy's got trapped in this society, and he hasn't seen all, um, somebody from his own country for all these years, and he won't let him go. So he spends the rest of his life trapped, reading a book or something like that. To this, It's terrible. It's quite heat and dust, or dust and heat, or... A Little Bit Hot, or something like that. <laughs> it could be any title from that. Um, you don't recognise it? No, I, I've um, never heard of it. Very good. Terrible ending, but end of it, you just go... And oh, so right. the film's good, but the ending's terrible? Yeah, well, the ending's terrible in the sense that it's incredibly depressing. You just oh, to see. Vein, you see. Know, right. Because he's going to stay there for the rest of his life, separated from his family, because he's reading this book this explorer has been trapped. So, <laughs> what I want to
0: ask it is, is. Can, maybe you didn't know this when you were watching it, but right. considering that we don't know the fate of their final exploration. Yeah. And there are a number of different outcomes. How did you feel about the scene where the indigenous people capture them and seemingly take them off with the possibility that
1: they're going to kill them? I think all the way through the movie, I was a little bit worried about being woke. You know, am I is this portraying the native indigenous peoples acceptably or not? Because absolutely what I know about the indigenous people of South America could be written on the inside of a ping pong ball, okay? So you could portray them in any way you like. And I, unless it's too ridiculous, and I probably just wouldn't know whether that's right or not. So I had that vague worry that I wasn't being socially acceptable throughout the film. But apart from that, you know, I could see that they weren't being ridiculed in any way, that it seemed to be... So it was within the bounds of possibility. It's definitely within the bounds of possibility. I think what I'm trying to get at is, since we do
0: not know what happened Mm. to them, how did you feel about the movie so clearly depicting this outcome for them? As in, the movie doesn't leave it completely open-ended. It also doesn't show them just starving or wandering off in the wrong direction or some other ill befalling them. But it gives you a fairly yes. definitive outcome we're fairly clear that you think this. but is it is still like an assumption that. yeah and I just wanted to ask you if you felt since you were saying you were aware of like yeah how you were feeling in the movie and how we yeah. should be treating this did you feel uncomfortable that the movie goes quite all in on, on making you think right. that they're captured by a tribe and then murdered yeah
1: a uh, little bit Yeah, I mean, that exactly is. I refer you to the answer given previously that slightly uncomfortable that uh, maybe they were being treated. Would this have happened? But I have no idea. Okay, I mean, I will... I'm sure people have died, you know.
0: So I'll talk about some more historical accuracy later. I think it was just to gauge your general response. I know for myself, Mm. since it's that I know that I'm being presented with a possibility, Mm. I'm slightly frustrated that that's the possibility that I'm given. Right. Even though it's plausible... Yeah. That I'm not presented with the other alternatives. Right. And the only sense you get that there is other alternatives is the kind of, is the coda where the, the compass is found, the yes. suggestion that they're still yes. alive. Yeah. And I know that some experts believe that when they've read his work, they think that he was intentionally never going to come back. Right. And he wanted to go live out there. Right. I also think that the depiction of his capturing mm. and the possibility that they're going to be killed. Yeah is not handled like it's a violent, cannibalistic nightmare. Yeah. It is given a little bit more uh, fairness than that. And I quite like the the line they say about, we need to find a place for their souls. Mm. And I think that the way that it's filmed, it's quite nice. Yeah. The imagery is really good. The setting is great. I think it's at least, even though they're presenting an image I'm not Mm. sure about, it's not... Too
1: yes, I mean, if it's if the answer is that they were killed by this tribe, um, the way that it is done, <laughs> given that you're going to take somebody's life, is done in as respectful and humane way yes. as it could be could be expected.
0: I will bring up this line though because I think it's important leading into the next bit. He has that flashback, which is terrible. I really don't, don't... remember that. What, what... So just before he dies, he has a flashback, yes. and his flashback oh, is like terrible. of his life. It's really really bad. It's really rubbish. Yeah. But, super romantic, idealised, falsely <laughs> profound. But it has the line which I think is really important okay. when we analyse this film. Right. When his, uh, Nina says to him, a man's reach should exceed his grasp. That before he thinks he's about to die, he's hmm. reminded that, yes, he is vindicated. Right. He should have reached too far. Right. I personally think that's crazy. <laughs> but there you go. You so, don't believe in ambition. I do believe in ambition, but he's just taken his son to his death and he's that like true. And, the, and his son he, he's son like, wanted to go he turns to his son and he's like well good luck yeah uh, and th- <laughs> see I you on, see you on the other yeah. side yeah. whoa where'd to go son and then yeah. then he just has a dream about himself he's not thinking about his son he just dreams about his own life and he's like yeah. you did a great job yeah you reached, reached a... right him <laughs>
1: you're <Yeah. laughs> Oh, sorry, <they're> oh sorry okay <laughs> he's just hoping yeah. that he dies first so he, he doesn't have to watch his the you a bit like this are I mean you know there's Thomas More for example you thought he should not have given his life for his beliefs because his family were a bit upset well this is different because we will come on to
0: whether right. Percy Fawcett actually had any idea about what he was doing and whether even if he was killed right. by a tribe he brought it completely on himself by being an ill prepared yes. idiot Indeed. that has been proposed right what I wanted to ask then is yep. Since it's raised the idea that a man's reach should exceed his grasp, how do you feel that the film portrays the character of
1: Percy Fawcett? Is he a hero explorer? That's interesting. I think no on balance. So I did feel as though I was watching a hero explorer movie. This is why I say it seemed, seemed quite out of date. Um, but... They present quite a few things about his self, innate selfishness. So they have the scene where he's saying, right, I'm off again. And his wife says, excuse me? You know, in rather more eloquent terms. Um, Excuse me? (laughs) Is it more like that, David? It's more like that. Yes, they present a man who is obsessed and is therefore very selfish, as, you know, all obsessed people have to be or are. So there are warts on the image. Okay. So, I definitely think that it shows that he's flawed.
0: his obsession comes through. I personally think that he is looking for fame and glory. Mm. I know he sometimes suggests that he's not,
1: but i don't I don't buy that but it also does suggest in the film that he is interested in fame and glory because there's all this yes. stuff about wiping out the legacy of his his dad and in
0: real life, I think that he did consider the Amazon to be the last great blank space, so just for some of the history, mm. a lot of the world had been explored by this point. Mm. And the Amazon was one of the last few places where explorers hadn't really mapped it all out. Right. And as a result, if he wanted to be an explorer, this was really his best bet. Right. We already got to the poles. Yeah. We, they'd already gone everywhere else,
1: generally. Yeah, and it's, you can see that it's very competitive with the US. Although I'm not sure they'd explored all the way around Loughborough, had they? <laughs> Still a couple of unexplored areas there to this day, actually. Keep going. Well, okay. Right. Sorry, I would like to formally apologise for mentioning Lethbridge. No, F- it's because I'm not familiar with
0: Loughborough. Yeah. So to me, it is all unexplored. <laughs> I think it's. I think the film is really clear that everything that he's doing is at the expense of his family. Hmm. We it never shies away from the fact that his kids hate
1: him. Yeah. that his wife kind of hates him. Yeah. That he his wife doesn't hate him. You, his wife hates the fact. Yes, but she he keeps putting himself first and leaving, yeah. And I mean, the ridiculous thing about the movie, one of the things that I found a little bit difficult to take is that at the end, his wife is constantly searching for him. Yes. And all the way through the film, I thought, God, she must be bored. You know, she's given no credit. She's given no ability to be what who she wants I to like be. I like to think... And yet, at the end, she's searching for him for 20 years. I mean, she must be a saint. I was going to say, I like to think she's searching more for
0: her son. Maybe. and her husband point. to beat because he took her son off into yeah. the rainforest that's and got him killed. Right, yeah. Yes, maybe that sounds like a much more... Also, she must be light getting light. pestered by but she Jack's, about- Jack's friend, Raleigh's parents. Yes. They were like,
1: wait, our son <laughs> is dead because you took him off on this crazy adventure. That is true, that is a good point, actually, yeah. The playground politics would be oh, difficult. Oh, no, very difficult. God, you wouldn't want to be in the queue in that school, would you?
0: No. So what I was going to say is Nina has the line, it has become my own life's work the idea that his obsession is so far-reaching yeah, it's, that it's become hers as well, yeah. but she can't even go and do the exploration, yeah. I think that just shows how damaging his exploration has yeah, been. Then you have
1: the, the scene, don't you, where she says, oh, why don't I come too?" And, you know, he's absolutely trapped within his class and his age in thinking, a woman? Go exploring? That's just ridiculous, you know? So,
0: so I, I mean, there's a very
1: clear message, isn't there? There is not it theres but then I think this
0: happens... He is presented as the one person generally mm. who can see past all prejudices. Mm. I know he still yes. ha- he still has some prejudices, but he is the only one who seems to be able to connect with the indigenous peoples yeah. when he's exploring the world. He's different from them. Mr. Murray Mr. Murray is a perfect representation of the old guard yeah. of explorers and Fawcett is the new representation, mm. the new way of exploring. He's not. He's an enlightened man yeah. of sorts. His speeches to the others are at odds with everything they believe, mm. and the film is consistently reminding us that he is different. He is special. Yeah. He is more in tune with the world. Yeah. And more has more empathy for other people. Mm. I think this is where it starts to. Make him too much of a hero mm. in in my eyes. Yeah. So I, but I do think in order for the film to work, we need to feel for
1: him. Yeah. And we need to, you know, be on his side. So yeah. that's kind of why he does it. Yeah. So he can't be an imperialist pig because you know we wouldn't wouldn't go for him now. Um. What I what I'd read about it was that actually there's enough there in his life to be able to uh, to pick off that that is. is that is indicative of that, but the film exaggerates it and takes it much further than he would actually have been. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what
0: I'd read. I have read that some anthropologists suggest that Fawcett's writings reveal sensibilities
1: that are more enlightened than many of his contemporaries. But that he was nowhere near as far as film presents him.
0: Yeah, and supposedly he did study some Amazonian dialects and he was outspoken against the destruction of Indian culture through colonisation. But then there are counter. Proposals, which we will look at as well. Right. Uh, in terms of the portrayal of the RGS and the European colonization, I think it's clear that this is where the movie is kind of setting them as the enemy. Mm. The gender and racial prejudices are clear. They're old-fashioned, racist, money-grabbing. They're eager for war. The Emperor's mm. in charge. Yeah. Imperialism is rife, and the consequences are shown in the oppressed and downtrodden native people in Brazil. Especially in that scene where the Spanish are ruling them. Mm. Cause we're showing both the problems in Britain. It's a very brief scene, you know, right. when he first arrives yeah. and he collects that guide, who is a slave. Yes. The Spanish the Spanish man is lazily like lounging, yeah. being served by all these people that he's like oppressing. I think it's interesting that especially because the Spanish obviously mm. represent the conquistadors and yeah. the damage that they did to that continent. Mm that we see both the problems with the British and problems with the Spanish yeah. and the general exploration yeah. of all kind of
1: European countries. But I still think it pulls its punches overall. Yeah, it does. It's not, this is not a movie where you come out of thinking, God, yeah, they really laid into Western colonialisation and exploration. I mean, it doesn't look at that at all. It's simply, it is done in a light that it says, right, we're not going to glorify it in the sense that we're not going to say this is a great thing that we did. It's not, you know, the white men's burden type stuff. It wants to talk
0: about these issues, but it's surface level because it wants to still be an exciting exciting adventure movie movie, about this mystery. In terms of accuracy, uh, firstly, a fair amount of Fawcett's successes and recognitions seem to be true. He Mm. did receive those medals and those promotions. He was somewhat of a celebrity. He captured the imagination of the
1: people and was an inspiration, as I said, to Arthur Conan Doyle and the like. So when they're on the train and they're going through the English countryside on this next exhibition, the last one, I think, wasn't it, were the people standing at the stations going, I don't know. All I know is that there are various
0: newspaper headlines from around the globe, from LA and New York and London, that are talking about this... This mission that he's about right. to go on, which is almost unrivaled in terms right. of how dangerous or unknown it could be. Okay. So even if it's not totally accurate, it's in the spirit. If you're at that time, hmm. you, you can't inspire Arthur Conan Doyle and probably be like an unknown person. Yeah. It's fairly well yeah. known. Although I wonder if the celebrity of him has grown more because he disappeared and then everyone had to yes. keep reading the stories about this vanishing.
1: So a bit like uh, Gore Vidal said of Truman Capote that um, dying was a, a good career move.
0: Yes, I guess. It's yeah, a good line. Yeah, it? it would make sense. I mean, you it's know, good, snarky, good
1: cynical, nasty. And I suppose. Then that's cool, Vidal I suppose. You know, he's clever, clever chat In terms of the
0: truth about the possibility of the ending, it has been suggested by some researchers that Fawcett was on the trail of a genuine archaeological find. Uh, it's been claimed by Professor Heckenberger of Florida University that the site, my pronunciation is going to be awful, I'm sorry,
1: it's going to be fantastic.
0: Don't K- it, up. Kuhikuga. Mm, located at the headquarters of the Zingu River, is the man-made settlement that's closest to where he vanished. Right. The suggestion that if he continued his course, he right. would end up here. And it was this relatively big settlement right. that had been built by a civilization that probably died out in around 1615 or so, right. plausibly due to diseases, etc. Right. Obviously, we the Spanish and other Europeans brought so many diseases over yeah. that they just ripped through yeah. the continent. even
1: places they hadn't been yeah,
0: and and killed off a huge amount of people Mm. before we truly dive into all of the depths of Percy himself I just thought as kind of contemporary information it's worth noting that the film's suggestion that he was different from other explorers and exemplary in his views for example he he has anti-establishment and almost anti-imperialistic ideals at times that's completely false right I would say yeah Likewise, it suggests that there was a physical separation of women from the men. Mm-hmm. His wife is really pushed to the side. Yeah, but again, this is not true. And in the scene in the RGS lectures, they actually she's a, has, actually has to sit in the top yeah. story yeah, in the balcony. Yeah, the point of
1: it actually don't they in the so, film?
0: Women were not kept separate, but had access to all of the lectures since the 1850s. Mm-hmm. Additionally, they often lectured and were vital explorers themselves many of whom were more successful than Fawcett. Mm. Isabella Bird, for example, had already lectured before Fawcett does in the movie, right. and I believe she joined in 1897. So it's interesting that Percy refuses to take his wife on the exploration, mm. saying that women can't go, but at the time, they would have she would have known about all the female explorers who were contemporaries of him and predecessors who were out exploring. I think this is the movie choosing to exclude that information so that we believe that he can't
1: take her, even though he actually could have. Do you know, I'm going to argue the other point. It? It's a bit Russian Dolly, isn't it? This um, So there's another bit of inaccuracy. In the film, it is said that she discovers this ancient text, which well, that's not true. He discovered it, actually, at a later date, after the RGS thing, but the point is that he discovered it, not her. I think what the film is doing is presenting us with the image that we want that people tend to remember, oh, that it's a terribly sexist age, and God, weren't people terrible, and how horrid all that is. I'm not quite sure of the motivation, maybe because, you know, we want to we want to beat ourselves up as much possible, or maybe because it wants to then present him as uh, a person of his time, maybe. But then, you I, know, it's difficult. Why are they doing that?
0: I think it's just a general
1: kind of modernising of the story. To it suit- isn't the modern In that point, it's a... It's, they're telling a fib about saying that the past was far more segregated and and discriminatory than it was.
0: But doesn't it give them an opportunity to to make her a, a seemingly stronger character? Yes, exactly. Because, exactly. because she opposes yes, all of that. Absolutely. Um, That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And because he is generally fine with that, they're suggesting that he is... Different from everybody else. If she can be more, if she's fighting the
1: system and he's fighting the system, so he's not fighting the system. That's the point. He goes along with the with the system. Um, so it's a very strange thing that you've got on the one hand, they're overemphasizing the amount of discrimination that's going on than that w- was really there, and on the other hand, they're still making him a discriminatory figure, which is odd. It is. It is odd.
0: I think the movie is at odds with its depiction of Mm. him and it doesn't really know what to do Mm. I had felt that that they knew that she couldn't go on the exploration if they want to stick to facts so they were like how do we explain this and have him not appear like a terrible person well let's make it so society means that she can't go then it's not his fault maybe yeah but I think he chose to keep her there yeah so I think that there's just a way of them kind of... But then they want her to be more active so they alter other things. Yeah. It's like a knock-on yes. effect of trying to stick to the facts. Just in terms of general facts, because I thought it was quite interesting. Um... John Ray was an Arctic explorer who worked with local Inuit people to uncover the fate of the Lost Franklin Expedition. This happened long before Fawcett, so he was not unique in his approach to working with right. indigenous people. Uh, Catherine Rutledge uh, was a contemporary of his, and she explored Easter Island and worked closely with the local people and did lots of presentations mm-hmm. on this, so they would have been aware of her. Yeah, And then I think it's Gertrude Corton Thompson fought right. establishments and imperialistic ideas to demonstrate that the ruins of Great Zimbabwe were of African I mean, origin. Yes. So what I've been reading is that the film suggests that he is somehow new and he's presenting new ideas. These have been happening for 10, 20, 30 yeah. years. Various other people have been trying to fight against this and change and explore. He is not unique in yeah. any way, but the film doesn't give you any of that extra no. bang. I understand why it doesn't, yeah. but just I thought that's worth putting yeah, out indeed. there. When we deal with the book, which is written by David Grann, as I mentioned, a journalist and writer for The New Yorker, he explains all the research that he did. He went off on a long, detailed exploration of the journey himself and the jungle. The book is fascinating and gripping and takes you off on this journey, and he, he talks about all the dangerous creatures that he's come across, how big they are, how inhospitable this place yeah. would be, and the wonders of all the tribes. Uh, he explains his reasoning and seems to be fairly well-informed uh there's a depth of knowledge from academics, primary sources. He talks about all the papers that he's gone and read, how he's done like ten years worth of research. Mm. But a number of prominent experts and explorers have questioned the book, the film, and specifically the portrayals of Fawcett and his successes right. as to whether they're accurate or not. Right. The book argues that Fawcett was a man of science, less interested in glory, yes. you know, and elevates a lot of his successes quite a lot it uses these quotes from the, in the in the book he was the last of the great victorian explorers who ventured into uncharted realms with little more than machete a compass and an almost divine sense of purpose almost as renowned as david Livingstone, but of the amazon hmm. essentially but then john hemming is this counter proposal so john hemming is an explorer and an expert on incas and the indigenous peoples of the amazon basin and he strongly argues against this and tells a very different view of Percy Fawcett, suggesting that he was a racist nutter who mm. spouted eugenic gibberish. <laughs> Didn't like him then. No, he hated him. Um, as well as the fact that he essentially considers him to be a terrible explorer. Right. One of no real value at all. Mm. So, as we kind of go through, he wrote a really long article that kind of breaks down from start to finish right. Percy's life yeah. and why the movie is com- and the book is completely wrong. Right. And also the book... It is based on John Hemming's research. Right. So this man whose research is used and he's quoted throughout the novel. Right. Then comes back and says, Clearly he didn't read his work properly because right. the novel's slightly fabricated right. and nineteen oh eight he was asked to survey in Brazil, but his preparations were appalling. He took minimal supplies and everything went wrong until he caused the deaths of five of his six local labourers, which he apparently cared little about, and his expedition ended. Obviously this does not come right. up in the movie. Apparently he couldn't speak much local dialects and barely tried but he did wade across a river to present gifts mm. to, to a tribe and yeah. so that scene happens in the film. He shot and killed a man from a tribe that he didn't like in 1913 which was forbidden by Brazil's Indian service. He describes this tribe as Neanderthals and various other negative phrases mm. while claiming himself to be an expert on over 40 tribes even though apparently he only had a knowledge of a handful at best. He went on a number of failed trips. And then in 1925, this writer believes that he was penniless and he was an imbecile to take two young schoolboys on this trip, the longest trip that he would do, into the middle of the jungle. He didn't take enough supplies. He didn't take enough men. Apparently, you need at least eight men Mm. in order to carry everything that's needed for you all to survive. Mm. And if you go with less, you you can't succeed. Mm. So, obviously, he doesn't take many people. And then they send the pack animals and the helpers away... Mm while they're travelling out on the expedition, even though he believes that they would have needed them. He also believes that they weren't prepared for the tribes and assumed their hospitality. Mm. The impression I get is that the tribes were hospitable Mm. and did look after people and explorers and home them and feed them Mm. and everything, but that the custom was you had to take them gifts. I get the impression that Percy Fawcett did not take any gifts and... The suggestion is that because he wasn't prepared and he didn't offer them anything, that at some point it turned sour. So he believes that he was a harsh man, foolhardy and tactless. He was incompetent and ill-informed and he doomed himself by aggrieving the tribes or starving to death. A lot of people think that he just wasn't prepared and he just lost his way. Supposedly, Fawcett even recognised that he was a greenhorn in the jungle Mm. and was kind of aware of his own flaws. Another interesting fact is the book claims that 100 people have gone missing. Right, while trying to track down his whereabouts. Mm. Yes, it does. This writer believes the yeah. answer is one. Right. One death from a, from an idiot who, went to, who was a famous actor who was a
1: buffoon who went in on his own, Right, apparently. So I think so it has you have a bit of a different opinion between, between this chap who actually hates him in every way, uh, but these other people who are saying, oh, it's pretty close. Y-
0: yes, and mm. various people come at it from all these different angles. But the, the director does not care in the slightest what mm. anybody thinks. Right, um, He personally... Believes that the film is not a documentary, he couldn't make it true if he wanted to, and there is minimal info on Forset. Also, supposedly, he chose to hide a lot of mm. the facts about his mission because he didn't want anyone to beat him to yeah, it. Yeah, right. As, which is why people found it hard to find him. And that with the evidence that they have, that it's the best that they could do, and it's an attempt to kind of
1: capture the, the spirit of the story. Right. The only quote I came, came up with was from uh, March 1920 from Sir John Kelty, Secretary of the RGS, who said that it's quite true that Fawcett has a reputation of being difficult to get on with and has a queer manner in many ways, being a mystic and a spiritualist. But all the same, he has an extraordinary power of getting through difficulties that would deter anyone else. I thought it was an interesting quote. A, because the film really doesn't go on about the mystic and spiritualist thing. It only has, appears that one, only time. one time. And then it's sort of, he's being taken to it by the by his men, you know, have got his it's, fortune It's really. a weird scene. That. I don't even think it should be in there. I think it's there to try and deal with that thing, that he's a mystic and a spiritualist. Because we know, we think that would, I think, probably cast a negative pall on his explorer professionalism. Also... <clears throat> he has an extraordinary power of getting through difficulties that would tell anybody else, kind of suggests the amateur explorer, doesn't it?
0: Yes, I have read a lot of things that suggest that he is actually really good at surviving. Mm.
1: <laughs> but I have to say, the idea of taking two small boys into the um, Amazon mm, doesn't seem entirely sensible. It does seem as if, as well, that Raleigh's
0: foot becomes infected and right. swells, and they have to continue on with him only being able to walk, essentially, on one leg. Right. Which is difficult. And they continue on. And you think that right, he would have some responsibility have back, yeah. to yes. look after him. Yeah. One of the main issues that comes up when you try and read about this is the suggestion is that in the film, he's really good at working with the local people, kind of ingratiating himself into their society, yeah. communicating with them. In real life, everyone says he was a racist. Yeah. And there's no denying that. Even the author of the novel says, like many Victorians, he held views of indigenous Americans that were often blinded by racism. He believed there were three kinds of Indians. The first one was docile and miserable. The second was dangerous, repulsive cannibals. And the third were a robust, fair people who must have had a civilised origin. He even went so far as to believe that the lost city of Zed that he was searching for
1: was a European-founded right. city. Right. As opposed to the film where it says that he's saying... That this is an advanced civilization which is indigenous. Yeah.
0: Apparently he thought it could have been Phoenician or even Atlantean. Right. The thought that yes. the indigenous peoples had created it was so absurd to him yeah. because he thought they were so below him. So in fact, the, the film is entirely selling out. So, so this is where the biggest problem seems to come up yeah. in the film. You could question what he's doing, but if, if him as an individual is completely altered mm. and his values, which we're meant to see him as the lone hero, I think in many ways, even yeah. though he's flawed a flawed but single individual yeah. who was there to oppose all of the yeah. rotten conventions of the time. Yeah. If that's completely false, yeah. it makes it hard to yeah. believe in what they're trying to sell you. Though I do obviously agree that how would a movie be commercially successful if you yeah. just follow this rotten scoundrel
1: <laughs> yeah. into the jungle till he disappears? Yeah, but you're yeah, saying historically... I mean, you're, you're believing the guys who are saying this guy was actually a, a rubbish racist and... Um... I think... The fact
0: that he's racist is undeniable. Mm. Everybody agrees that. Mm. Even the director agrees that. Yeah. But he's like... Everybody at the time was racist. So... Quibbling about that is silly. Mm. Which I kind of understand. But then... Not only do they... Just make him not racist. They also then make him the exact opposite. Yeah. He seemingly... Is propelled into this being this great person. So I just... I just think that's a bit too much. I think I just wanted to ask you... If you think... That it is fair yeah. to portray him in that sense.
1: Oh, that's a tricky one. Well, I mean we would believe that being historically accurate is more important. Um and if and yeah, it's annoying, it's not no, it's not fair. But then does that mean that it's a story that's untellable? When does that matter? Dunno. There is one other, I mean, I think, I. so I would say that if those things you're talking about are true, and I haven't researched myself, but it sounds very reasonable, um, that, yeah, that's a, that makes the film substantially less interesting. That's not the right thing to do. Which I would agree. Yeah. The only last thing to say about accuracy, just to throw it in there so
0: that people are wondered, it, it does seem to be true regarding the tribes that it was obviously a potentially very dangerous mm. exploration. For generations, they had obviously endured persecution and massacres from all invaders, Mm. and obviously pretty wary. And fairly recently, miners had trespassed onto one of uh, a tribe's reservations, and they had previously suffered a lot of massacres themselves, so the tribe killed the invaders to protect their land. I think that's understandable and common, and the suggestion that he didn't follow basic protocol that other white people had maybe laid down
1: suggests that at some point it just became... There is one other, just to be more bit more trivial. There is one other major um, historical narrative, <laughs> okay. which is that. Is it the lie? I've been to RGS. Okay, yes. You know, I've been to the RGS. So we did a little project with them once. It's never as exciting as that. I mean, that scene where they're all shouting and all the drip—they're not like that at the RGS. But I'm sorry. But Do you think that the RGS would have been that exciting? Yeah. Back the RGS then. has never been that exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. I did- they're a quiet, serious friendly bunch at the RGS. They don't get excited. They would never have stood up and said, you're, I mean, you know, just, you know, I can't believe it. Wow. Thank you, David. <laughs> right. So... You you get...
0: One last thing to say, and this is kind of a afterwards piece of information, because I thought it was interesting. In recent years, the Brazilian government has stopped trying to advance the Amazon tribes that continue to exist mm-hmm. particularly in the Mato Grosso which is the area that he was right. exploring and instead they've begun working to protect them their populations are now flourishing again and some reports suggest as many as 40 different tribes might still exist almost undisturbed from the outside world oh, cool. and the Brazilian no government idea. is essentially not trying to get to them anymore right. and pull them into our world right. but leave them to right. those traditional flourish as they were mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was a, a really interesting little
1: fact yeah. Okay, quality of the film, marks, points oh. in prices. What would you give it, David? Um, I would give it a five.
0: Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Historical accuracy? Whatever answer yeah. we come up with, we understand that there is always conflicting mm-hmm. opinions. I would probably give it a four or five.
1: They don't hide the fact that they've changed him quite a bit. I mean, on the base of what you've just said, you've got to go one or two, haven't you? I mean well okay I guess not that all, low all the physical the things did but you're saying tend these, to this is this there's a what you sound like compelling body of activity that says this person was not like this at all. I think what I'm trying
0: to say is the physical events of the movie right are, if you exclude okay. the other stuff that happens in between, that is all fairly okay. accurate right within reason, so I'm thinking of four yeah, okay but that him as an individual is completely altered. Right. And this is where I think it comes down to the final argument. Mm. Do you believe that he is presented more as a hero than not?
1: Yeah, he's got to be sympathetic. So for me, as yes, it was, as we said earlier, that it's kind of a flawed hero. And level.
0: if we think in real life he was definitely racist and potentially incompetent, mm. potentially even a, an actual nasty person... Mm who wasn't out for anything other than fame and glory. Mm. You you do have to wonder a little bit if this film continues to perpetrate yes. the, the myth of his vanishing, which yeah. obviously it would want to, but elevates him to some mm. almost near-mystic level.
1: Yeah, I mean, which is, you know, I would... Uh, yeah, if that evidence is true, then they're perpetuating a myth and we don't like that.
0: Do you think that the film is anti-imperialism?
1: It seems to me to present negatives about colonialism and imperialism, but it is not an anti-imperialism movie. Do you think it manages to balance all of the
0: ideas that it's trying to put on the table into a relatively coherent and entertaining film that opens you up to multiple kind of possibilities? It's OK. I mean, I do then know how to say more than that really I mean um, I think what I'm trying to get at is we know that it's altered the facts yeah has altering
1: the facts worked yeah as a movie you go through it and think it you think right it is it's not pretending that these folks doing these things was a fantastic thing we should all be grateful for but it is saying that the individuals that did it were brave uh, figures as it were And we're doing it for varied reasons, some of which are perfectly reasonable kind of thing. And it's suggesting that they tried to do it in a sensitive way. Um, It's not out there to say, look at this nightmare that was the globalisation of the world. It's not taking that very anti-colonialism line. It's trying to say, oh, there's impacts here. Okay. And would you recommend the film to anyone? Or why would you recommend the film? I think I'd recommend it because it's a good yarn. I mean, did you ever see um, uh, the Michael Palin ripping yarns comedy? I didn't, no. No, Okay. well, it's quite funny. So one of them is Crossing the Andes by Frog. Uh, And it's kind (laughs) of... You know, if you want a good uh, ripping yarn, modernised to the extent that it's not saying, oh, this is all great schoolboy stuff, you know, there are these things going on, these things going on, then actually it's a pretty good movie. And by the end of it, you feel engaged and the ending is... Uh, you know it's pathetic if that's the right word you feel engaged and sympathetic so yeah I think it gives quite an interesting insight into the world of you know, earlier of Edwardian early 20th century investigation exploration walks and good stuff
0: yeah and I think I actually learned a fair amount yeah. about that time which I didn't know before yeah. it was an interesting area to dive into and the world of the how the capturing of the Amazon is quite impressive
1: yeah. great okay we must draw it to a close What what, what was our final vote? Oh, good
0: point. Yes, final vote five. So five for film and accuracy.
1: Four for for historical accuracy. Would you lower it? No, I'm going to follow what you say.
0: Okay. I just think, yeah, with the conflictions, I can't
1: faithfully really destroy it. Yeah. So I would say it's just worth considering and weigh that up. And the framework, as you're saying, is reasonably accurate. It's the question of the, the depiction of the character that is serious and it's why you're marking it down a long way from ten to four and like
0: we agree the ending is just a plausible outcome it doesn't actually give you a definitive false
1: ending so four okay cool okay thank you very much Wolf well it's time for the round up yes did. oh time for the round up good point the round up of Robin Hood Robin Hood excellent three Robin Hoods three Robin Hoods yeah yeah love Brian Adams such a great song ah could keep this going for hours Oh. oh, superb. OK, that's enough of that. I've made you suffer enough. Robin Hood's roundup, ladies and gentlemen. And if it didn't come across in the episode, it was a bit of a hoot and we loved it. And a joy to help Kevin win the competition, of course. Woo, woo, woo. Or Prince of Mullets, as David McLean called him, which is nice. He shall be Prince of Mullets always to me from now on. Although... Well, did I really win the competition? That is the question. Because in an outrageous display of democracy, in your voting, you nominated Men in Tights, that film thing, whatever, and gave it 131 votes to Kevin's 117. I think we're going to keep History and Technicolor to ourselves in future, because you lot are, in the words of Mike, just not worthy. After that, though, you kind of agreed with us, though one of the lovely things was just how many films... There were, not to mention TV shows, lovely memories of 1970s Robins and all that, Robin of Sherwood and all that sort of thing. Quite a few of you remembered and mentioned Robin and Marion. Great film slash play. Way too unheroic for me and painful. You seemed to enjoy the walk down memory lane. There were all number of comments, masses and masses of comments, which was really good. General appreciation of Alan Rickman, I have to say, quite rightly. There was a deal of respect for Errol, sort of respect is kind of the word, and the sword fight with Basil Rathbone, bit of a classic, and so it was, and all that sort of thing. Not many of you answered the questions I'd set, which was again disobedient of you, but there were a few. For casting Robin, Lisa went for Peter Dinklage, nice one. Tony went for Judy Trott and Ray Winston, which I think has happened before in Judy's case, but Ray Winston? Really? As Robin? No, Tony, no. Luke went for Eddie Redmayne, bit cerebral for me. Andrew went for Keira Knightley as Robin, which is interesting. Rubbish, but interesting. Steeple went for a Humph and Lauren combo, always a classic, of course. But Barbara, I think, gets the prize with a musical version with Goldie at the head of the bill. Book me my tickets now. Although, for a more solid choice, Ben hit the nail thing, Sean Bean. Yeah, excellent. The rough Robin type thing. As for who you'd like to be unsurprisingly, Friar Tuck swept the board. Although, again, Lisa went for Bess, which is kind of a bit inexplicable. You know, it's a free country, and it would have some support in the Crowther household. She's sort of um, your lady-in-waiting-is-waiting waiting type figure in the Errol Flynn one. Mm. There were far too many comments for me to mention, so I'm sorry for that, can't go through them all. But thank you all for taking part. I do love it when there's a really good chat on the old Facebook, except possibly for Jen, who called Glenn the only adult in the studio, which is going a bit far. Wolf and I were just, you know, committed. Anyway, back to the, you know, other lot. Okay, thanks very much. Brilliant. Thanks everybody for your feedback and thank you Wolf, for the of video you've said. Goodbye. Thank you, David, for watching this film yes. and
0: not thank sending you. me horrible messages.
1: Yes, it was nice of you, wasn't it? Okay, bye.
0: Are you not entertained?